You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table. Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? We are back. Uh, we were not here yesterday, as I'm sure some of you may have noticed. I had some stuff going on, which was really included a massive migraine that crippled me, if I'm being honest. So I, I was not available to podcast yesterday, but Matt is available today. So we're going to jump on. We're going to finally be able to finish our discussion on the second tier of RBs from the 2020 season, who we think can rise, who we think is going to stay, who we think is going to fall. And then at the end of the episode, me and Matt will recap episodes six and seven of WandaVision have we have since we have not gotten a chance to do that the past couple episodes Matt how are you doing on this beautiful Tuesday great you know I have to be honest it's mid-60s here which uh, is about uh, 80 degrees warmer than it was last Monday It's beautiful, isn't it? I was just talking to somebody about that the other day, that it was like 30 degrees here in Texas like 48 hours ago, and now it's literally, I think it's 75 when I walked in my house earlier. Like it's yeah. to think I'm setting that, it up now because we're supposed to get snow again Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, at least I don't have to hopefully deal with that, as I said, for another decade. But it's crazy to think, like, we were talking last Tuesday with with me having, like, no power. It was, like, 8 degrees in Texas. I was doing everything I could to not die of, like, hypothermia. And now today I'm out here, like, sweating in shorts and T-shirts. So it's uh, fun times. Definitely fun times. But... We are talking about running backs. Uh, so we did the top 24, what was that, two weeks ago now, maybe? It feels like it's been two or three weeks at this point. Yeah, it was a couple of Thursdays ago because uh, last week we, we had to spend a lot of time talking about Carson. We did. We spent a whole, almost a whole episode talking about Carson Wentz. That's what happens when you get a happy Colts fan on the episode. So about two weeks ago, if you guys want to check that out, we have our top 24 running backs, which ended with J.K. Dobbins. So we're going to start at 25, and that was Chase Edmonds. Uh, a lot of that obviously came from him being in that committee backfield with Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake likely gone. A lot of talk that Arizona might bring in a running back, draft running back. What are your thoughts on Chase Edmonds moving forward? I can't imagine he finishes this at, around this spot next season. I, I, I really think that he's probably going to drop down into the 30s. But what do you think? Yeah, I was trying to see where, you know, I was trying to do my first pass of, of – Dynasty rankings before we add rookies, before free agency and stuff. And I had him like around 36. And that's only because right now there are no other running backs. But yeah. 
I mean, he's the guy, it feels like you have a couple of splash games and then not a whole lot. I mean, every time I got my hopes up for Chase Edmonds, it felt like you were a little bit let down. Um, So I'm kind of with you and I find it a little bit hard to believe he's going to be the guy. I, I think we were both thinking Kenyon Drake Probably not back. Edmonds is in the final year of his deal. Um, you know, only nine hundred twenty thousand, so that's pretty favorable for Arizona, um, which is good for them. I feel like he's a rotation guy, though, who's going to have a couple of. You know, he's always capable of that three touchdown game when you don't expect it. When the Arizona Cardinals official Twitter account can taunt all the fantasy owners that didn't play him because we weren't expecting him to play. Um, but then, you know, games you're relying on him. He didn't have a terrible year. I was honestly, he's one of those when I was looking and saw he finished twenty five. I would not have pegged him to be that high yeah yeah i was gonna say i think uh he he let a lot of people down i, I don't think it was uh, a little bit it was a lot uh, every time you expected him to do something he did nothing and it was when you moved him to your bench that all of a sudden he goes off for those three touchdown games you mentioned so yeah I, I don't see any way that he's the starting running back for the cardinals i agree with you he's likely in a committee he seems to work well in that i do think him and Kenyon drake were, worked really well together i'll be interested to see if they end up drafting a guy obviously there's a lot of people want them to draft a running back because of the the Cliff Kingsbury offense and hope they get somebody in there. You know, I don't I don't know offhand their cap room. Uh, I, I don't know if they go Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones would be a great fit in that offense. If yeah, you I'll go check, there, I'll check their cap. But I, you know, to speak to the point, last year he had ninety seven carries, which is his career high. Yeah, by almost forty. Yeah, so he's not a guy that I'm necessarily buying into. I, I do think. If they get a rookie, I might, uh, you know, if you're in a startup, I might grab that rookie and then grab Edmonds later to back him up or to have a guy who is going to be in a committee because I do think he's going to give you those RB probably three games at times. Go ahead. Right now they're projected at a little over $16 million, um, in space, which honestly, if I was Arizona, I think I would – if I'm a Cardinals fan, I would prefer them to go get a bankable wide receiver with the cap money. It's somebody that can go opposite. You know, when we were talking about that the other day with free agencies, yeah. you know, they got a, a Juju Smith-Schuster, somebody who could be really good opposite Hopkins and draft a running back. Because Edmonds is a fine committee back. They also have, you know, Benjamin there, um, who they drafted I mean, last year. Some of us were kind of excited to see, you know, is does he become more, more part of the plans? Yeah. Um, I don't think Chase Edmonds, uh, he's a guy, but I don't think he's the guy. Yeah, I think if, I, if I'm if i being – see, I don't know because I think Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, we just ha- we just talked about this the other day, and I can't remember who all is – who all are some of the other – Marvin Jones. Robin. I don't know if Marvin <laughs> Jones would go there because what he brought up wanting to uh, wanting to go to a team that compete for a Super Bowl. Or uh, what about Will Fuller? You know, what if Will they went and just Fuller Hopkins and – I mean, they still have Christian Kirk. I just don't think he's been consistent enough. Uh, I don't think Larry has made an official proclamation one way or the other. I was going to see if they still have Andy Isabella. Just to me, it feels like if they had a more defined – so Fitzgerald's not under contract. So if he decides he wants to come back, they'd actually have to sign him. Uh, Dan Arnold not under contract for them either. So they have Keyshawn Johnson, Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk right now would be kind of the names that I recognize behind Hopkins. And in terms of running backs, they have Benjamin Edmonds, uh, Kalfani Muhammad, who I actually kind of liked when he was with Denver. I I just feel like running back's probably the position where you draft and receive. You might go get somebody to try to in their division. Well, I think this is a, a good enough receiver class. If I were them, I might just try and grab a receiver as well. If, if you're looking for speed, there's quite a few guys that have some pretty good speed in this class. And, and I was, then you go find you know, Hakeem Butler again. 
that's what I said. They shouldn't have cut Hakeem Butler, and they'd have the perfect complement off opposite of uh, of uh, Hopkins. Uh, so obviously, one of the standouts here in the second tier is Gas. Uh, I'm sorry, not Gaskin. We'll get to him in a minute. He was the standout as well. Eckler. He finished his RB 26 this year. Uh, we all had him ranked fairly high. Uh, what was it? 10, yep. 9, and 10. Now he did finish his RB 12 in points per game uh, because he missed the six games. I do think that he's going to finish probably closer to 15 in 2021, if I'm guessing, because while he he was out there when Herbert was there, and I don't remember him getting, I guess I could go look, I don't remember him getting a lot of checkdowns from Herbert. And so I, I really felt like Herbert was kind of hitting the wide receivers, and that's where a lot of Eckler's value comes from. And I, I don't know what, obviously, they're going to do different offense, different offense corner. We know Anthony Lynn liked to run the ball. Uh, you know, will they do that now with with Eckler there? I don't know, but it's gonna be uh gonna be interesting. I still think Eckler's a high end guy, but I, I would be surprised if he finishes as an RB two RB one. I'm sorry, I think he's gonna finish as an RB two moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I still had him in RB one range. So from uh, week twelve, he caught eleven passes. Uh, he had nine targets week thirteen. He had nine targets week fourteen. He only had four targets week 15 and three week 16, but he was back up to seven targets week 16. Those are all back half of the season. Uh, He actually averaged consistently more targets uh, probably with um, Herbert than he did early, you know, week three, which is when Herbert's in there. He had 11 targets for 84. Um, Week one with Tyrod Taylor only had one target. Uh, Week four. Yeah, that's because everybody was freaking out about that. Yeah, in week four, he only had uh, one target before he got hurt. So he really, you know, in he ended up, so let's take those two games out. And he played eight full games with uh, Herbert and had 63 targets and 52 receptions. Okay, so that's, that's a lot better than that's, I thought. Yeah, I mean, that's half a season. So if you projected that out, that's more than 100. So like 120 targets and 100 receptions. So what what do you think his upside in is the next year? Is it still, you think, right around RB12? When I did my first pass, I put him at RB10 again. Okay. Uh, But again, you know, we got to see who gets drafted where and where some of free agency. At this point, you know, looking at where people are right now, that's kind of where I have them. You know, I'm – I think there's good potential. I think that's still probably going to be a pretty fun offense. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm all in on Herbert. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what it's going to be like having um, – I don't remember his name, but uh, but the Rams, uh, I believe he was the offensive coordinator last year. Is uh, or He was a defensive side, mm-hmm. but he was a quarterback in college or something like that. Yeah. So he, he knows uh, the Brandon offense. Staley. Yeah, so and I'm curious to see what the offense is going to be like with him. I, I really am – I'm obviously a huge Herbert guy. They're bringing back Allen. I think Williams and Henry, I think probably will both be gone. Uh, I, I've, I actually have a very, I think Henry's going to go somewhere very interesting. Well, but Hunter Henry threw some some serious shade, which didn't make yeah. sense. But they're talking about the Chargers are, are looking at potentially franchise tagging him again. I think Williams is probably for sure gone. Yeah, The Chargers are a team that, whether free agency or the draft, I think really have to hammer that wide receiver position. Jalen Guyton, I, I thought had some decent upside. He was a better third receiver than I was expecting. I don't really think KJ Hill's prime for full-time role or Joe Reed. I mean, they didn't have, they had some pretty anemic wide receiver depth behind yeah. Keenan Allen. Um, they could definitely use some pick-me-ups. Yeah, well, like I just said about Arizona as well, this is a very good wide receiver class to uh, to get some players in. And, yes, this is a Kingdom Hearts shirt. I'm a massive fan of the game. So, yes, I've uh, – I thought it was in. Mickey Mouse. It is Mickey Mouse. He's part of Kingdom Hearts. So, it's it's uh, he, he goes in with a it, – it's a mixture of, like, Disney with a bunch of other different games. It's a whole thing. But, yeah, it's a Kingdom Hearts shirt. I'm a big fan of the uh, the game and the series. Uh, so next up was James Conner. He finished his RB27. Uh, you and Dennis were both fairly close on that. You both had him ranked 20. Doesn't look like he's coming back with Pittsburgh. I don't see him getting a starting shot anywhere either. So I think at best he's going in somewhere to maybe be part of a committee or a backup. 
I mean, he probably had the quietest RB27 season. I, he's another one. I wouldn't have guessed that how you look at it. He ended up with 721 rushing yards, six TDs, actually averaged 4.3 yards per carry. It just didn't seem like he had that huge of an impact. And I think it's because he really front loaded. Um, you know, the first part of the season, it seemed like he was going pretty good. But after week nine, he only had one touchdown and he had zero hundred yard games uh, in that back half of the season. Um, I think durability has always been a question. I'm he would be a guy I'd put in the class of player where it's after the first wave of free agency and after the draft, you see what teams still have a hole. Um, and unfortunately, I feel like, you know, as much as I love Philip Lindsay, that's where I think Philip Lindsay ends up too. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on him. Unfortunately, I, well, I was gonna say I'd love to see him go to the Browns, but they already have two running backs. I, I don't see him going there, but I'll be rooting for him wherever he ends up going. Miles Gaskin comes in as running back twenty eight. None of us had him ranked. Uh, obviously, was not a guy a lot of people were talking about earlier in the year. He did finish his RB thirteen in points per game. It's Gaskin's kind of a hard, hard one to figure out for me because I liked what he did. I thought by far he was. I, I like Salvon Ahmed as well. You know, talked about him. I, I was a big fan of him going into the uh, the combine the year before, and obviously did not do good. And I, I remember talking about him on the episode before with Dennis and you, and I was like, he's going to be one of the fastest players there. And then he completely let down. Uh, but I, I liked what he did as well. But I thought Gaskin was by far the best of that group. Obviously, a lot of talk about now today. There was reports came out that Aaron Jones is interested in Miami. They're interested in him. There's talks that they may draft a running back. How are you valuing Gaskin right now? Are you kind of looking to move him if you can, buy him? What are your thoughts? I really liked Gaskin, too, and I think he has potential top 25 if <clears throat> if he remains the lead in that committee. And I'm counting Salvan Ahmed. You know, I thought they were actually a pretty good one-two punch, but yeah. – that's the problem. Gaskin has probably the widest range of outcomes of one of these talented guys based on his position. They signed somebody like Aaron Jones and that, you know, that really plummets him. He probably be, takes on the kind of Jamal Williams role uh, of what Jones, you know, did in Green Bay. If they draft, you know, depending on who they draft, you know, maybe he's part of a committee. Does he end up kind of like a, a Darrell Henderson or a Malcolm Brown, you know, in a committee with some kind of high profile rookie, or do they not really spend a lot of money or draft capital on the position because they're happy with what he had? I mean, some of his best games were right down the stretch, that game where he murdered the Raiders in primetime to keep the Dolphins in the, in the playoff, you know, he basically started seven games and ran for 584 yards and caught 41 passes for 388 yards. Those are pretty incredible numbers if you can project it out and and if he stays in there. So, you know, tentatively, before we see anything settle, I have him kind of in that 20 to 25 range because I think yeah. that's the potential. If you get a good offer, you're moving him. But if you're not getting a good offer, I don't know if, if it's I'm to the point where I'm just panic selling. Yeah, I think I saw someone trade for him. I think they gave up a 2021 third. I think I'd do that deal on the off shot that he ends up being something. Even if they draft a running back, I could still see Gaskin being a part of that backfield. And while I like this draft class, I mean, Gaskin's proven it. And then I think I'd rather have the guy who's proven it than maybe taking a shot on, you know, a Dwayne Eskridge or some of these guys that I've been seeing going in the third round of these rookie mocks. I'd rather take a guy so, like Gaskin. But that brings up. You know, if you could get him for a third, I'm doing that too. It sounds like you're yeah. doing it. If you had him, I'd try and push for a second if I could. If I could get a second, yeah, I'm not, not getting a for first. A yeah. Well, so that's the thing. Like I, I say, I wouldn't deal him for a third now. Obviously, the, after the draft, maybe if they draft somebody, I might. If that person's even will do it. If it's a high end third, I might. Just because I think. There's still some value. It all depends on your format. If we're talking super flex, in all honesty, I would do that because the value is getting pushed down so far in this year's draft because of there being five, some people think six quarterbacks that are going to be NFL guys. Uh, so it pushes that value down. So in a super flex, I'd definitely do it. Uh, in, in just a one QB league, it'd be hard for me to do it to completely, I guess, depend on my team. If I've got good running back depth outside of Gaskin, I'd probably do it and take a shot on, on some of these rookies. But 
it, it would definitely not be an easy call to make if I have Gaskin because I do think you're giving up a fair bit of value, especially if you give do it. Say you do it today, you trade, you know, me Gaskin for a third round pick, and then the draft comes and goes, and they don't draft anybody. Well, I just got one of the starting running backs for the Miami Dolphins for a third round pick. So, but see, doesn't it feel? I know that people are going to cringe when I say this, but it sort of feels to me the position you're in with Gaskin right now is a little bit of where we were with Devin Singletary at this time last year. Like you saw flashes, you feel like there's potential, but there's a lot of unknowns. You know, what are they going to add to the room as a competition? And I am willing to leave room that it was, we saw seven starts, you know, did we see the best, you know, did we see the Chase Edmonds games? That that's true. That that lead, I'd lean more toward that than I hate. I hate to say this, and and Devin Singletary finished behind him as RB thirty one. I would take Gaskin over Singletary at this point. I just well, I would too. But at this time last year, you you so right. a lot of us well, thought we were clinging. I was clinging to Singletary potentially being on the cusp of a, of you know top twenty four. Yeah. I think the difference, well, I, I see, I guess I get what you're saying because I think last year everybody thought, we all thought Buffalo was going to be a run heavy offense and it turned out not to be, which I think was one of the reasons that kind of killed Singletary, where I do think you could say that about Miami right now is that we expect it to be a run heavy offense. But then when they just trade for Deshaun Watson in a couple of weeks, it's not going to be a run heavy offense. And so that might actually kill Gaskin's value a little bit. That I will say, actually, I would hold off on trading Gaskin if you can, because if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they're not going to, I don't think, be able to draft a good running back because they're going to give up picks to get him. And so I think they're going to have to give up a, maybe, what What do you think, probably both their first, maybe a second or a third? Yeah, I think it depends on what yeah. you, how they value to us. Well, so. yeah, that's the thing. You you know, maybe it's two firsts and Tua go over because they've been talking about it being three equivalent of three firsts you know and two obviously was a first round pick a second year quarterback um but houston's a really tough team to read too what they are doing and how they might value things but yeah my miami could pretty well get cleaned out of draft capital i mean one of the their picks is the third overall pick so that's a pretty outstanding value you know i could actually see it being the third overall pick to a and a 2022 first when maybe a 2021 second not having to give both first this year yeah see i think if i I mean i hate to break off we're supposed to be talking about running backs but uh god i think if i'm houston i'm doing that like i don't want to give up to sean watson but if you're getting to a I'm getting a third overall pick, and you're getting a 2022 first, and then maybe a second somewhere thrown in there as well. Like, how do you not do that? You just added so much more value to your team. I understand the rookies and their lottery tickets for per se, but two is not a bad quarterback. He's not Deshaun Watson, but you're getting a lot of help for your team that has horrible salary cap issues you're losing some of that now with moving on from Deshaun Watson you're going to get some of that back in a year like I think you've kind of got to do that well and Miami has almost 27 million in projected cap space my thought would be if they give up the high picks a lot of people have linked them toward toward drafting an elite wide receiver because they need as much as we have been fans of Preston Williams I, I just don't know that you can roll into another year believing that that's that's going to come through for you. Devontae Parker is fine, but he is what he is. If you know, if you roll a lot of the draft capital to get Watson, I think you have to put the free agency dollars into trying to make a run at one of the premier wide receivers to put yeah. with with Watson. In which case, maybe you do. You know, maybe you do end up with Gaskin and Ahmed. But I also think. To be honest, trading for Watson may hurt Gaskin's value because you're talking about a guy that had 49 targets and 41 receptions yeah. in seven starts. The big knock on running backs playing alongside Watson has been he isn't a big throwing it to the running back yeah. kind of player. So does that end up, you know, does Gaskin essentially play 16 games next year and catch 41 balls the same that he caught? Because really, you know, those are those are the risks you have to weigh too. 
Oh, yeah, but I also think having a guy like Deshaun Watson helps you some. I mean, we saw David Johnson. I don't want to compare him to David Johnson, but I do think that he can produce some because you are going to have the defenders being worried about Deshaun Watson running as well. And I think he's going into a much better team in Miami right now with what they've got around him. And I think, you know, with that pick, they could draft a wide receiver. I, I honestly think they're going to go mostly offense in this draft. That defense is really good. And I mean, unless they see a guy of like extreme value fall to him, I think they're going to attack the offense. And, and again, we're all, uh, if that ever happens on it, we can't say that it will. It seems like Houston is pretty, pretty adamant. They're not moving on from Watson, but if it were to happen, I think you Miami would be able to make it work. And, I agree. I think if they were to get Watson, I think it would be a Gaskin Ahmed thing. And it'd be interesting to see what happens. Cause I do think Ahmed was a little bit of a better runner. So maybe he ends up becoming the value instead of Gaskin because of that. But next up was Todd Gurley. He finished his 29. I had him uh, ranked 23 Dennis at 17. You at 15. I mean, it's weird to say this because what three years ago he was winning you multiple leagues in the playoffs? Only twenty-seven years old. I just I can't I I don't see him being a star. I honestly don't even. He I do think he'll get a shot somewhere. Someone will sign him. I just don't think it's going to be much. I I don't think he's going to be anything for fantasy anymore. And it's crazy because I mean, in one of my home when you're dynasty leagues for Edo Smith. Yeah, your well, career did a. It's. It's crazy to think because in one of my, my home dynasty league that I've talked about, a dude who won two championships, he won them on the back of Todd, backs of Todd Gurley pretty much. He was balling out. And the very first year, his rookie year, and then like year three, I think, is of what it was. Uh, he won the championship because of Todd Gurley. He traded him away, and then he traded for him at our trade deadline this year and gave up his first-round pick for Gurley. And that was right before he fell off, and, and we were talking about it all year. Like, hey, he's – only putting up points because he's scoring touchdowns. He's not doing anything else. And to think, and then he ended up losing because he played, um, who did he play? He played uh, my best friend who had, he had he had the Steelers defense, get this, Steelers defense up 20 in week 15. With So without the defense even scoring, they usually scored like 13 points or whatever against Giovanni Bernard, and he lost by three points because of, of Gio going off and the Steelers' defense going negative. That was the uh, Ryan Finley-Giovanni Bernard game. So that is how he got knocked out of the playoffs for a chance to get his uh, third championship in seven years. So it was um, So Gurley played 15 games, yeah. got 195 carries, not terrible, but only 678 yards, and you're right, the nine touchdowns. Three and a half yards of carry wasn't much of a factor in the passing game. I I mean, you think about like this kind of shows you how precipitously you can fall. The probably consensus one and two picks in dynasty format going in the 2018 offseason going into 2018 were Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. And now how good would you feel if you have a team built around, you know, and I, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't heavily invested in Todd Gurley, but I was heavily invested in Le'Veon Bell. And let me tell you, you, I guess the, I didn't think the trade window right before he signed with the jets was great because his value had come down, but that turns out to be probably the best value you're going to get. And that would have been Gurley before 2019, you know, there were questions about his knee and some people were trying to move on. Other people were holding on, hoping to recoup value, and, and his value just—it's never come back. And now, I mean, I wouldn't trade for him for there's oh, no yeah. level of, of pick that I'm I'm giving for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'd be surprised if uh, if some dynasty teams even hold on to him if if they're trying to maybe cut down to a certain roster limit or whatever. I, I could see him getting cut. Uh, with with what he's got going on right now. So at 30 was Giovanni Bernard. None of us really had him ranked. We we all expected Mixon to have a healthy season. That did not happen, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Bernard really didn't have that great of a year behind him anyways. It was really that – he had two really good games that kind of put him put him up on the map up here 230. Uh, so I believe he's a free agent. I don't no. – did he I sign that deal last year? Yeah. Oh, let me look. Okay. I didn't see him on the list of free agents, but I mean, he started 10 games and only got 416 rushing yards. Um, yeah. That's, 
I, you know, when I did my first pass of top 50, I don't have him in there because I think his, his value was almost entirely based on the fact that Nixon uh, missed games. Geo is still under contract. Uh, 3.7 million would be about 667,000 dead cap. I would imagine they, they probably keep him because let me look. Cincinnati has 40, almost 46 almost 46 million in cap space. So they're not in any kind of cap and he's a decent veteran depth, you know, at the position. And obviously we've seen Mixon trouble staying on the field. If he can stay on the field, he's the guy you want. I just, and we have him, you know, he, he finished 49. So he's in this group. Yeah. Mixon, I'm still tentatively putting, you know, up in the top 12 because I think the potential, especially with Burrow, is pretty great. Um, Geo, yeah. to me, nothing more than kind of a handcuff. Yeah, so as you mentioned, he finished 49. We had him ranked 5, 6, and 6. So, we, I mean, he's got the talent. The biggest thing for him is being staying healthy. He's not had really a quarterback like he's got with Burrow here. Dalton, you know, he was decent, but he's not Joe Burrow. Uh, finished as RB11 in points per game last year, as you mentioned, missed 10 games. I'm with you. He's probably going to be in my top 12 next year. I, it's going to be interesting because I, I honestly think – Right now, I might take Najee Harris over him, the rookie, uh, depending on where he lands. But outside of him, there's not anybody else in the rookie class that I'd I'd really take over him. So I don't see Mixon dropping that far. Again, it's just health, and, and that's kind of the hardest part to to value with him because you want to draft him high, but then you have the chance of just like this year, him missing out on 10 games over something that at the beginning of the injury, like, oh, he'll be back in like two weeks, and then they put him on the – I can't remember what it was. Their shortened IR that was like you had to be on it for three or four weeks or whatever, and then just never came back. Yeah, that was a bummer. Well, it it seemed like Bernard had a golden opportunity, and and, you know, he had those incredible projections for a few weeks, and we all thought he was going to kind of slot in there to be a high RB two, and it just never materialized. Yeah, and I, I, unfortunately, I feel like that's been Bernard the past couple years. Like every time Mixon goes down, everybody picks up Bernard and hopes that he's going to put up something close to what Mixon does, and then he doesn't, and it's just kind of very frustrating. But uh, so we're not going to go through the rest of these guys. Some of these guys, you know, like Jarek McKinnon, Adrian Peterson. I don't think have a whole lot of value for being honest. So uh, I'm going to touch on some of the guys I think are more important. Uh, and one of those though is Jeff Wilson, who is ranked at 32 or finishes 32. We did not have him ranked. Obviously there's a lot of talk that he might be the guy in San Francisco. What are your thoughts on Wilson going into the 21 season? Well, obviously, you know, so Wilson finished 32, Raheem Mostert 48. Um, obviously Mostert was not, healthy uh you know a lot of the season but did kind of get that contract i think both of them are back so coleman mckinnon should be free and i don't think they come back you know coleman seemed like he was even when he was healthy has not been a part of their (coughs) plans he's another guy whose value is kind of probably withered on the vine mckinnon i i don't know that i see him getting a great shot anywhere either um I thought Mostert looked good when he was healthy. He yeah. he ran pretty well, um, but Wilson looked incredible too. I think the 49ers kind of want to use that tag team. Uh, in my first pass, I had them both kind of in the um, 30 to 40 range um, because I just feel like unless there's some major injury, the 49ers rotate. They use guys. They also, you know, we tend to see they have – um, both Wilson and Mostert ended up getting hurt at times after having huge games. I think that's a, a factor in there. Um, so I think they're both going to be factors. Wilson's probably the best value because he was almost free. And uh, um, if you can go scoop him up, I do like his potential. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, especially with the way Kyle Shanahan talked about him, and we know the way Kyle Shanahan just seems to be like an RB whisper as well as a quarterback whisper. That uh, I think he he's a great guy. Now I don't think you're going to be able to buy him very cheaply, but if you have him, I, I think probably kind of with what we were just talking about earlier with uh with Gaskin, like I probably wouldn't trade him unless I'm getting at least a second round pick for him right now because he got a realistic shot, in it. and I might even try and push for a first because you can sell him being the starting running back for the 49ers, which is a great position to be 
and in the NFL. Uh, let's see here. Leonard Fournette comes in at uh, RB35. Obviously, again, when we ranked him, he was with the Jaguars still. He had not even been cut yet. So we had him as 13-11, and I had him at 22. So I, I was not a believer in Fournette. Still am not, uh, but he did have a really good playoff run. Playoff Lenny, Kane conquered, won himself Super Bowl. Your thoughts on him in 21? Yeah, so for the time being, I kind of – I vaulted him back up uh, into the top 20 range because I think, um, you know, he didn't have an incredible season with Tampa Bay. He missed some games and I actually thought Ronald Jones was the better runner most of the season, but toward the end of the season and definitely in the playoffs with Jones being injured and kind of out of it, Fournette really got a chance to shine. He had a big kind of showing in the Super Bowl. I think people remember why he was a, a high draft pick and somebody is going to splash out a contract and put him in there. You know, he actually is a guy that I have more worries about like a Miami going and getting um, because he's something different than what they have, you know, and, and then he wouldn't have to leave the state of Florida. Um, you know, I know some people have joked about him going back to Jacksonville. I don't really see that, but I think somebody is going to go and get him and use him as a pounder. You're muted. Yeah. Sorry, someone just sent me a funny message and on my phone and it kind of distracted me there for a second. Um what would you what would you think about him going back to Tampa? There's all the talk that they want to bring him back. Uh, I would imagine it'd be him paired with Rojo for one final season. Uh they want to run it back. Like I, I just I think- don't feel like they have enough cap to get all of these yeah. players back. And to me, it felt like Jones is gonna be Jones, I thought A was a better back through most of the season for them and B is going to be cheaper. He has a lower profile, <clears throat> but you know, if Fortnite goes back to Tampa Bay, I think he's going to have a fine season too. Um, it just, it depends, you know, what the mix of guys ends up being. I just feel like Fournette's somebody that is going to get some kind of huge offer and he didn't strike me as a guy after taking like the bare bones minimum this year as kind of a prove it, who's just going to be like, oh yeah, I'll come back. You know, like Gronkowski, I think if they tell him, hey, all we can give you six hundred thousand. He's like, hey, I get to go party with Brady. I'm coming back. I don't. I'm not going anywhere else. I don't think Fournette's necessarily in that category. All right, so some of the other guys here, um, I'm trying to think of who else. James White is a little bit interesting to me because there's a lot of talk I heard today about him possibly going to Tampa Bay. He is a free agent. Obviously, he had his best years in New England with Tom Brady. He would by far be their best pass catching back if he did that, and I don't think he would command a ton of money. uh, But your thoughts on him? If he went to Tampa Bay, I would be excited for him. Outside of that, I, I I don't think I'd do much for White. It makes more sense to me that Tampa Bay re-signs Ronald Jones and lets him run and, and gets James White, and then the huge casualty there is Keyshawn Vaughn. I know. Poor Vaughn. Because, I mean, he, he'll be – he'll essentially be buried. Um, Just, hey, fire him up for 2022, though, baby, and that'll be that'll be the comeback year for Keyshawn. I promise. Yeah, because it's hard to imagine Keyshawn Vaughn um, – you know, he, he seems like he would be a kind of James White type back. I don't really picture him as the first and second down pounder in a committee situation. So I, I think he essentially goes back to – he gets the LaShawn McCoy role. Yeah. Uh, so the easy one here in this second tier is Cam Akers. He came in as RB45, obviously due to the injury, not playing much earlier in the season. We all had, or I had him ranked very high. You and Dennis had him in the in the 30s there. I, I mean, he's got to be the guy moving forward after what he showed at the second half of the season. I, I, I would almost put him trying to think i probably just off the top of my head because i haven't actually i did do my dynasty rankings what am i talking about i have rankings somewhere i can look really quick but i probably have them around 15 where do you have him um i had him like around 20 i don't think darrell henderson completely goes away it feels like the rams like to use uh, multiple guys i think malcolm brown's probably out but henderson's still only going to be a third year back i still think he ends up having a role um, and I also think they probably end up having a better passing offense with Matthew Stafford. 
So uh, I believe in him a lot more than I realize. So I take that back. I have him ranked as my RB nine right now. So let's go Acres. I, 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 you know what? I, I did that, so I can't take that back. I don't know. That's where I have him right now. I'm trying to think. I guess who I should, who do I have over him? Let me let me sort my sheet here. So. I mean, I could probably move Zeke up. He's he's the one that's right. Him and Eckler are right there with him. I have Joe Mixon a lot lower than I thought I did, but I mean, I, I you know, outside of those three, there's really not any. Aaron Jones is the one I want to have higher. I just don't know what to do with him, and that's my thing. I love well, Aaron Jones, but so yeah, so it'd be interesting. Right now, I have Aaron Jones uh, in the top ten at nine. I. If he goes back to Green Bay, he's still there. If he goes yeah. to Miami, I think he could be there. I mean, there are a few places where he went that he might might give you pause, but I like I like his talent. Among last year's rookies, I have Jonathan Taylor in the top five, and I have DeAndre Swift yeah. up in the top ten. Um, but I just didn't have um, Acres that high. You know, Acres, Edwards, Lair, Dobbins, I have them all inside the top twenty currently, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got uh, three of the rookies from last year in Taylor, Swift, and Akers. And then I actually have a rookie this year uh, as well that uh, I have in the top 12, all above Clyde Edwards Hilaire as well. Because I, you know, I still don't see it. And that's, I'll, I'll see where everything adjusts. I haven't put this year's rookies in yet. I was just doing, I'm starting with my first pass of veterans without where the they rookies. are right now. Yeah, without the rookies. Yeah. And, and I feel like it changes so much. It does, yeah, and and that's why I have Aaron Jones so low right now because I I agree if he goes to Green Bay or Miami, he's I would almost put him closer to five, closer to five than ten because I love Aaron Jones, but I'm so worried he's going to end up with a team that's just going to be he's in a committee and it's going to be with like I could see him going to Washington with Antonio Gibson where Antonio Gibson I know and that's what I'm worried about if that happens and I'm like shit as much as I love Aaron I hate Jones, you. Right and I love Antonio Gibson. That they're both screwed at that point. So that's what I'm worried about with Jones because I would love for him to go back to Green Bay, obviously, because Williams is likely gone. And I think Dylan slides right into that Williams role. And I think both of those two could really be a great duo. And if he goes to Miami, same thing. I think him and whether it's Gaskin or Ahmed would be a great duo in that offense. I think Miami's on the come up as well. But if he goes somewhere else, I feel like, it, you know, if he goes to 49ers, great. He's probably a top three running back for me. But there's just so many other places he could go that worries me. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The wave, first wave of free agency mid-March and then the NFL draft is going to gut all yeah. of these rankings because there's a lot of people that have an opportunity right now, and then there's a lot of people who their opportunity lies in the fact that they could end up somewhere, they could end up back where they – you know, there's a wide range of outcomes. This is probably the toughest time of the year, in my opinion, to do rankings and also to feel good about your trade value because yeah. you're you're basing it off of last year. You're basing it off of trying to read some tea leaves. There's just so much that can change. Yeah, this is when, you know, this in all honesty, this is the time of year when you're making those trades that could easily win you or lose you leagues moving forward. Because if you make the right move and you get like if you make that bet on Aaron Jones and then say he lands with the 49ers and goes back to Green Bay and you only gave up a second round pick because the owner's worried about him, you just got that. But if you do that and like I said, he goes to Washington. Then you're like, shit, that really uh, – that, that might have just cost me a little bit. So there's only a couple more RBs here. We'll talk about – really, there's three guys left I see that are a big deal. Uh, two of them injured, so we'll get to those guys in a minute. The last guy on the list was Zach Moss. Uh, obviously looked good at times, was the goal line back for the Bills, then got injured, uh, missed uh, pretty much the back half of the season. But Devin Singletary didn't do enough, in my opinion, to secure that spot. So how do you value – we already talked a little bit about Singletary and where we see him. What are your thoughts of the yeah. Bills' backfield? Because the rumor is they might draft another running back this year because of how disappointed they are in that backfield. Well, honestly, I'm of the opinion they, they need to draft or sign someone. So Devin Singletary played and started all 16 games and essentially gave you very little more than what he gave you when he was in a timeshare as a rookie. He actually had fewer rushing yards. He had a worse yards per carry He on five more carries. He had... Um, only, you know, he only got nine more targets and only had 11 more receptions. Moss played in 
13 games. So I think that's more than I would have thought off the top of my head. He appeared in 13 games, 481 yards on 112 carries, kind of just over four yards on average. Neither of those guys looked really good, and Buffalo wasn't really able to sustain much of any kind of a running game. It's really hard, you know, right now I have Zach Moss higher in the rankings just because I think there's possibly a better chance. But Buffalo is a team that I think has should doesn't nobody has to do anything, should do something. Um, yeah. you know, especially we saw in the AFC championship game, they they're missing something that is holding them back from competing. Yeah, and it's a, a really good running back, which sucks because I really like Devin Singletary. I was not big on Moss at all, but I like Singletary. But he just he hasn't been able to take control of that backfield. And I do think, you know, that that is one of the biggest things they're missing, like the defense, like the offense. I uh, just they need a really good running back, and I don't think either Singletary or Moss or the combo is is going to do it for the Bills moving forward. So the last two running backs here, uh, Christian McCaffrey, who finished as running back fifty four, obviously the injury you know, came back, went back out on injured reserve, you know, makes sense with the way the team was going. No point in rushing him back. Uh, there were rumors that they were thinking about trading him to get to Sean Watson. Don't know if that's true or not. That one's a little insane to me, but I guess I get it. I, I don't think the Panthers are that close to winning. I, I just, uh, I don't, right. I don't know. So uh, taking out potential rookies that are coming in, yeah. what, what would be your top five? right now for dynasty top five quarterbacks i can't oh running backs oh uh i dang it i just clicked out of because i thought you were asking about quarterbacks so i was trying to get to my so i'll do my go ahead i I have saquon still at one because i still um like him potential i have dalvin cook um you know him getting that contract and that offense kamara then CMC, you know, this time last year I had him one, but the fact that they're looking at trading him, if he got traded to Houston, Ugh, I know. Uh, and then I had Jonathan Taylor. So we pretty much have the same five. I'm, I'm pretty sure you said Barkley was in there, right? Or did I miss you? Yeah. Yeah. Saquon was yeah, one okay. for me. Yeah, so we have the same five, just in a different order, which I think should speak a lot for you Alvin Kamara owners because I did not like Kamara last year, but he's up in my top five now. I, I'd given up on trying to, to think that the guy's not going to do well, it. Well, and the, the, the contracts for him and Cooks, uh, yeah. for him and Cook really kind of, I think for me, solidified a little bit. Yeah, so I have, uh, I still have CMC as my one, uh, and I, I did this obviously before the rumors came out. If he does go to Houston, he would be moved down, but I think if he stays with Carolina, he, and I, I say that even if he goes to Houston, I mean, it's not like Carolina's offensive line was that good either. And, I mean, the dude still produces. He's he's an absolute beast. Now, I do think he'd take a hit. I'd move him off of one, but it wouldn't be out of my top five. He'd still be a top five running back. But I have CMC as my one right now. Two is my guy, Jonathan Taylor. Can't quit him. I had him, you know, I've been loving on the kids since last year. I think he's going to be phenomenal now, even more so with Carson Wentz there. Uh, Barkley at three, Cook at four, and then I have Kamara at five. Who do you have at six? Six, seven, eight. Chubb. I'm just curious. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift. You are higher on Chubb than I am. I'm Dobbins Swift Chubb. I wanted to move Chubb higher, but I'm just, I don't know. I probably should because Kareem Hunt really I'm didn't not, do as much as we thought. But I'm not sold that uh, Dobbins gets solo role. I feel like they're going to do some kind of committee. I, have, I mean, they I might. I have him at 16. Yeah, I mean, they might. I, we, we, you know, a guy that we skipped over, but I think could they could easily bring back or could honestly get a shot somewhere is Gus Edwards. He, he's a really good running back that I think gets looked over sometimes because of him being in a committee at Baltimore. So it'll be interesting to see. I just, I believe in Dobbins. He was my number two rookie behind Swift well, anyways, I, and, and I think I he's going to be. I still like him. I just don't know if in the particular offense season he gets the future. I mean, I think we both were impressed with what Swift did and the fact that their offense has kind of imploded, I think gives him a lot of opportunity. But obviously you must have dropped – I dropped Zeke down quite a bit. 
you know, this time last year, he was pretty much yeah. a consensus top three. I'm at 12 right now, and I don't even He's feel great about that. He's 12 for me as well. He's 12 for me as well, right behind CEH. I, I honestly want to move him up. Uh, because I do think he's going to bounce back. Some obviously the news came out today. I think it was Jane Slater reported it on NFL Network that uh, Dak's rehab has been going really good, and that the Cowboys front office has come out and said that they want to get him a long term contract done now, not yeah, wait any gonna, longer. So they're going to franchise tag him again. Well, they might do that, but I think if Dak comes back, Zeke's going to bounce back some. Like I, I don't. I just, I don't know. I said it last year, and I hate saying this because I love Zeke being a Buckeye and all, but I do think he's a little bit of a front runner. Like when the Cowboys are good, that dude's one of the best running backs in the game. And when they're not playing good, he just seems to kind of, I don't want to say quit, uh, but he doesn't seem to play with the same energy that he does when they're playing really good. So, uh, but that, that will do it for our running back discussion. We will be back on Thursday, but I don't know what we're going to talk about Thursday just yet. So before we get in, give everybody a couple seconds to get out of here. If you haven't seen the last two episodes of WandaVision, but maybe free agents. I guess free agency starts in like a week, doesn't it? Uh, it's March seventeenth. We oh, we could do uh, we no could do for, maybe we'll do first half wide receivers. Yeah, let's do that. I, was, I for some reason I thought free agency started on the third, which is in like a week. So if it starts on the seventeenth, uh, we've got time. So the new yeah, the new league year kicks in March seventeenth. Teams have until yeah. March 9th to do the franchise tag. We can't talk about WandaVision on on Thursdays there, Austin. Dennis doesn't even know who Wanda or Vision is, and it just makes it for an awkward Although, show. So. It was, it We're going to talk really WandaVision now. We're going to talk was, WandaVision now. We're not going to get out of here. but It was a really exciting time that, that week that we did uh, Mandalorian while Dennis kind of stared at us. Yeah. Yeah, because he had no idea what was going on. So, no, we are, we're going to talk WandaVision today. We're not getting out of here for that. I just want to give everybody who hasn't had a chance to see Episode 6 or 7 a chance to bail uh, because, obviously, I think that would make the discussion even better. Uh, you know, tomato, tomato. I think it, it doesn't. But, you know, hey, <laughs> to each their own. Uh, but we are going to talk WandaVision now. And I'm going to let Matt take the reins on this part as he is the movie and TV show buff as it is, writes a bunch of that, uh, writes a bunch of, if I could finish speaking here, English is easy for me to say, uh, writes a lot of movie and TV show articles for the Music City Drive-In website as well. So Matt, go ahead. What you got for WandaVision? Yeah, you know, WandaVision's probably so far in 2021 been the best new show. Um, I, I think it had such, such a wide open template. I, I don't know how about you, but I was intrigued by the ads, but at the same time I had absolutely no idea what to expect. And I think those first couple of episodes were, were fun, but kind of mysterious. And as they've gotten into it, they've done some interesting things. Uh, episode six had kind of the fun Malcolm in the middle vibe um, that they were specifically trying to pattern off to um, and it gave him a chance to to roll out some of the classic comic book outfits that uh, Scarlet Witch and, and Vision had. Um, you know, Quicksilver was a Halloween uh, episode, you know, if you, if you recall that. Uh, but we got a lot of interesting um, progress. The guy that's running S.W.O.R.D. obviously um, is not exactly being forthcoming. You saw him starting to split with, with Rambo uh, and the other uh, group there, obviously kind of hung Darcy out to dry. Um, and we saw Vision uh, breaking free a little bit, trying to to get make his way out and to warn people. That was kind of a really fascinating end. And you know, then it ends with with Wanda extending things. I felt like the end of six, they were really painting it for her to kind of be the antagonist and the villain of this whole thing, which was both interesting but kind of a huge bummer. And then episode seven almost just flipped that entirely on its head. I know it's it's been less than a week, but I don't feel that bad mentioning this because A, we said we were going to talk about spoilers, and B, the official yeah. Disney account has essentially given everything away for a couple of days. Um, but, you know, we got A, the reveal that the, the guy that's running S.W.O.R.D. has a lot of ulterior motives and is probably not a good guy, kind of gives you some some vibes. Obviously, S.W.O.R.D. was the successor agency to S.H.I.E.L.D., and we know the kind of troubles that... Um, shield had but then 
you know, we get to the end and Agnes, uh, a lot of people have wondered if they, if that was going to be Agnes Harkness from the comics. And they, they essentially completely gave that away where she has her own original musical number where she says, I'm responsible for all of this. Yeah. I mean, that part was very interesting. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. What, so what are your thoughts on vision? Because we talked about it earlier that obviously we know the mind zone was destroyed. And that yeah. he obviously has it when he's in her little thing. Do you think that that's now obviously something that Agnes is doing? Because I thought maybe when he tried to tried to exit uh, the whatever you want to call it the the interdimension that they're in right now of whatever it is, he still had it when he was getting torn away and torn into pieces, which I'm assuming was him kind of reverting back to dead vision in some way. Because we did find yeah. out obviously in episode seven that they're trying to bring him back to life. And you saw a chunk of his, his head started yeah. to fly away. So there's still two episodes left. I don't think we have the complete picture. We know that Agnes is the kind of nefarious force behind some of these things, but we've seen enough to know that Wanda and her unique ability and powers is doing this, you know, whether she realizes what she's doing or is completely doing it of her own free will, that seems less likely. And since they've already kind of announced that Elizabeth Olsen and Wanda Maximoff is going to appear in some future films, you would assume they're not going to go the route of her becoming like a supervillain in this, um, you know, as we move toward a, a resolution here. Um, you know, I think they were, they started to move back that way. She has some piece of this. The question is, you know, what does she realize what she's doing? Um, Monica Rambo, obviously. And I'm going to be curious to see how they explore. You know, they talked about going through that barrier with rewriting coach. She obviously was able to will herself through that and then seems to have gotten some kind of power or heightened sense or vision. Yeah. Um, from all that that they they didn't really spend a lot of time explaining, but she is committed to the idea that if Wanda knew what exactly what was happening, she wouldn't be doing this. And I think we've seen enough flashes. She means things for good. I think we started to get an implication that she took Vision's body, not necessarily for completely nefarious reasons, but because she didn't like what S.W.O.R.D. was doing. Um, but it does seem like he is only alive because of something that she's doing. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I thought it was kind of a neat twist. You know, why did her brother come back? That was obviously something Agnes did. Um, you know, I, it's going to, it's basically setting up, there's going to be some kind of big collision in these last two episodes with everybody trying to, to fight and solve their agenda. We There's pieces we don't see yet, but I, I really liked what they did with six and seven, yeah. uh, some of their strongest episodes, I thought. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. I love that they, in a way, made it that Agnes is doing every, or at least looks like doing everything, like at least bringing back Quicksilver, because that was kind of my biggest thing. Like I was curious to see where they were going to go with that. It gives them still that opportunity to link those X-Men movies now with this, since they own, I think they bought out that stuff from Fox, didn't they? Yes. So they, um, they bought uh, 20th century Fox. So they have all the X-Men rights and stuff. Yeah. Um, now there's been a lot of talk about whether Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds is going to come into the MCU, whether they're, so they're already working on rebooting fantastic four yet again. Yeah. That's, that's um, there's a lot of talk about whether they're going to reboot the X-Men. Um, you know, and so obviously it was a fun nod to the fact that Quicksilver, Maximoff's uh, brother, is one of the only characters that's that appeared kind of in both worlds because of the kind of murky set of rights. Um, yeah. You know, because in the comics, they're uh, Magneto's children. Obviously, when they they brought Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver into Avengers, they didn't. They gave them a different kind of parentage, um, and then Quicksilver in in the Fox X-Men. So it, it was kind of a fun crossover. Um, and it'll be curious to see if that's kind of their nod about doing these. Any fun fan cast for FF4 members from you guys? Um, who was the two that I heard I actually thought would be amazing? I think it was John Krasinski as Reed Richards and Jennifer Lawrence as uh, Sue Storm. I would love both of those. I think, 
think it'd be hard to go back to Jennifer Lawrence after she was already kind of a prominent comic book character. It's the rare person that can pull off the dual ro- roles. Right. Well, but if they don't really do much with the X-Men stuff, if they redo the whole X-Men, I feel like you, I mean, we've had, have we had any now that I think about it? I mean, technically we had Chris Evans was Johnny Storm in two horrible <laughs> Fantastic Four movies. And he reinvented himself and did a great job as Captain America. So, but I actually, I, I thought well, Lawrence was great as Mystique. So. Yeah, no, I'm not saying she's a bad actress. I just no, no, yeah. I don't know if that's the well that they're going to go back to. John Krasinski, that would be kind of interesting. Um, you know, as Reed Richards, there have been a, a lot of different ideas floated around. I'd be curious to see what they do. I always thought Fantastic Four would be a fun, but Fox tried it twice, two different iterations that had decent casts that just yeah. did not work. I think it was just a story in the second one. Cause I love the cast. I thought, you know, Miles mm-hmm. Teller, was Michael B. Jordan, Kate, Kate Mara, Rudy, I believe was right. Yeah. Kate Mara. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah. yeah. They had, they had a great group. It just didn't. Um, For X, I, mean, I kind of hope they keep, I don't know if those guys would still want to do it. McAvoy, Fossbender. I think they've been phenomenal. Like I would love if they could keep most of that and try and figure out a way. Like I said, I, that was my biggest hope with them bringing in, and I don't know the actor who played Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, but bringing him into this show, I felt Evan like Peters. gives you, it, it gives you that perfect chance to put, to merge these two worlds together because we've already seen, they, they've already kind of, in a way, done a multiverse thing, and they're about to do that, we hear, with the Spider-Man 3 movie and making that. So I feel like this is all setting up for a perfect chance to bring the X-Men we've already seen into this world, if possible, and I would love that. I'm a huge McAvoy, huge Fossbender fans. I think they would be great to bring into this. And, I mean, obviously, I'd, see, I'd love to see Ryan Reynolds. I don't know if that would work with, obviously, the way he does the Deadpool movies and Disney never doing anything rated R, but... I mean... I, I, I wouldn't say they never, you know. They've, well, they they've haven't said that yet. Up to up to this point, they haven't. They, I mean, Marvel Studios under that banner put out the Netflix um, Marvel, yeah, shows. You know, those were a little more violent, a little more edgy. Um, you know, I could see them potentially doing it. We'd have to see. Yeah. Speaking of that, I really hope the rumors are true that uh, I, even if it's just for a couple scenes that Daredevil, Charlie Cox, who I think is a phenomenal actor, love him in Stardust, if you guys have never seen Stardust. Phenomenal movie. Love that movie. Uh, but him as uh, as Daredevil, rumors are that he will be in Spider-Man 3, even if it's just for a couple scenes. I'd, I'd love for them to find a way to get him into the things anyways. But we've gotten a little bit off track here. Yes, Moon Knight is coming to that one. I'm extreme. For, who did they cast as Moon Knight? I forgot because I actually thought it was a really great cast. Hold on, let me look. Right, I was thinking about... Um... It's, I think it was Ethan, Ethan Hawk. Yeah, okay. we just need to do like a whole uh, a whole Marvel thing here at some point. Well, we're so broken off here, they, but they kind of unveiled their whole um, plan. We know that Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier picks up in March, but they basically have a an episode a week for the yeah. rest of the year, which is kind of kind of exciting. Some of the big questions are: Are the movies gonna gonna release on time? You know, we it feels like we've been waiting for the Black Widow movie for uh, half of our lifetime. You know, yeah. allegedly it's still sitting on May. They're supposed to make a decision in the next few weeks about whether that comes, whether that comes straight straight to Disney Plus or, you know, whether they delay it again. Uh, Eternals is supposed to be coming at some point this year. They have a couple other uh, shows that are that are going to go in there. So I think it, it's it's getting fun. We're getting in there. We had to wait a, a little longer than we thought. But I think WandaVision has been great. I'm really excited to see how it finishes and then you know we get a week of making of and then we're going to go right into falcon the winter soldier that one they've said is going to be more of a kind of r-rated vibe so yeah be curious to see what they you know what they do with that and where where we go from here yeah i'm i'm excited obviously for um two more episodes of one division that was it we got we get a week break right a week break and then you get uh Winter Soldier and and Falcon, which I just from the tra- I've only seen the one trailer. Uh, for those of you 
who don't I don't watch any of that stuff as I've told Matt before. I see the one trailer and that's it. Like I only saw the one yeah. trailer of WandaVision because I don't want anything spoiled. It looked phenomenal. I think those so, two play really well off each other too. So I'm looking at my calendar. The WandaVision finale will be March 5th, and then March 12th they release the making of WandaVision. Gotcha. Um, okay. That week between and then March 19th will kick off Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we will we'll be continually breaking down Marvel stuff, which is going to be exciting. I hope I hope Black Widow comes out on time. I know I saw New York is opening theaters now to like I think a fifteen percent capacity. I think everybody's hopefully going to start doing that. I mean, I have said before, theaters have been open in Texas, but you, know, you can sit right next to me and you don't even have to wear your mask as long as you're eating popcorn. So you know, you know, yeah, just open everything here. Down here in Texas. So yeah, I think hopefully everything will start to open back up, but. That will uh, really quick before we go. What is your thoughts for episode? So we got episode eight Friday, which will be, I guess, the penultimate episode. What do you yeah. think we're gonna get in this one? Anything, anything spicy or anything you think we might see in this episode? I mean, if the, if they follow kind of typical patterns, I would say uh, things are gonna get more more dire. You know, we kind of saw the big Agnes reveal at the end of the last episode, where at the same time it seemed like Wanda's mental stability was starting to fracture um you know the grip you know and i'll be curious to see if they continue that kind of sitcom homage format this last episode we got the kind of modern family i don't know what really is left after that stylistically i'll be interested to see if they can squeeze one more kind of um template you know we got the 90s we got the early 2000s i don't know what the 2010s you know example would be but it'd be It'd be, uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I think we're going to see a little bit more. I also think we're going to find out a little bit more. I feel like something, they were alluding to it a little bit last week, but something's not right at S.W.O.R.D., the guy that's running that yeah. took over for, I feel like we're going to dig into that a little bit. I also, I really enjoyed the the Darcy vision back and forth. Um, yeah. You know, and vision was pretty well separated from Wanda the entire um the entire episode seven, I, I think they're going to have to come back, you know, and, and I think we're going to have to get a little bit of an answer of who, who's responsible for bringing, you know, for bringing him back. Cause if it's Agnes and he starts to turn on her, she's going to yeah. flip him. Yeah. And, and I agree, Austin. I, I pointed that out to my wife too. I noticed a lot of, a little bit of the office as well in last week's episode. I was, I was hoping to see a little bit more of it, but, uh, yeah, it's that mockumentary style. That was kind of what yeah. Modern Family did, too. I'm, I'm excited uh, for this week. Obviously, we will likely break it down on Monday's show as well next week. Or actually, well, I, I haven't even asked you about this. We might have to do Tuesday as well because I have family in town next week. So uh, I, I, we we'll try and go live Monday. If not, we'll definitely figure out a way to go live before Thursday so we can talk. Because it obviously will be a big episode of WandaVision, even if it's just to uh, talk yeah. WandaVision because – you know, either Monday or Tuesday will be fine. So one of the first two days of the week. Yeah. So jingle and I got, Oh yeah. 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 It was, uh, like I said, I, I liked it, but yeah, we'll definitely go live at some point. Like I said, even if it's just to talk one division, cause we got plenty of time to talk football, uh, but we will be back. Then we'll be back Thursday to talk uh top. Probably let's top we'll, 24 we're, wide we're receivers. Try to get through 24, but sometimes the three of us can get a little bit long winded when it comes to talking about certain players. So we're going to try and get through the top 24 uh, wide receivers on Thursday. So until then, everybody have yourselves a great day. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. God.